0: Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, The Main Show. I really should have done that in a very, very stereotypical pirate accent because, oh, I'm quite excited about potentially us talking in a pirate accent today, Nolan. Yes, episode 136 of The Main Show and you have decided you wanted to talk about pirates.
1: Urg! I do like to talk about me pirates, Captain Robertson. Welcome aboard the Jolly Roger, me hearties.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, that may have been the most stereotypical pirate accent you could have possibly done, but where does that accent come from? This movie, that pretty much. comes
1: from Long John Silver, which I do believe went on to inspire Jeffrey Rush's Hector Barbosa.
0: because
1: oh, they are, like, yes. identical.
0: Yeah, they kind of are. I mean, Barbosa doesn't have a parrot. He has a monkey. But, you know... A monkey
1: named Jack.
0: A monkey named Jack. But, yeah, the voice is pretty, pretty exactly similar.
1: You best start believing in wonderful podcasts. You're in one.
0: Well, yes, I'm very excited uh, to talk, actually, about this movie today. Not least of which because Treasure Island from 1950, is actually uh, Walt Disney's first live-action movie. Now, I was under the impression that 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea from 1954 was Disney's first live-action movie, but maybe that's just wrong. Well, obviously it's wrong because this movie was four years before, but I think it's something like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea might have been the Disney's first live-action movie that was actually filmed in America with Disney because this was filmed in Britain under some sort of the early 50s was when Disney was going through weird financial things wasn't it and uh, yes. he had to do weird things and dodge the tax man or whatever he was doing something like that but um i don't know if i don't know if Walt Disney did dodge the tax man i don't know
1: but i i wouldn't put it above him
0: well i don't know i i don't know but it, it, it's something like that so I was mistaken, and I'm now uh, more knowledgeable than I was last week about uh, Disney and their live-action movies. So thank you for that, Nolan.
1: You're welcome. I should add that out of the two of us, I'm the only one who looks like a pirate. Right now, anyway. Well, it
0: depends what kind of pirate, doesn't it? Because, look, you can be a seafaring pirate, but you can also be a pirate of another kind such as right
1: now i look like a cross between will turner and kurt cobain at the end of his career
0: you do look like will turner to be fair
1: i haven't shaved in god knows how long because lockdown blues you know
0: you you do really actually remind me of a uh, kind of not not a fresh-faced will turner but kind of a a world weary Will Turner. weary. Will
1: Turner, at the age of 24. He's seen some
0: things. Uh, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Will Turner. Did he die um, in that movie? Or did he, like, quote-unquote, die in that one, where he actually came back in the fifth one? as?
1: A, he died, but Jack him stabbed Davy Jones' heart, so he's the captain yeah, now. Yeah, he became and Davy,
0: Jones, Davy Jones.
1: It was like a very uh, weirdly fucking... Like complicated plot. It's kind of like the end of the Hallow's. How complicated the plot surrounding the Elder
0: yeah. one is. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good, it's a good analogy there. Actually, I like that. But look, that Pirates of the Caribbean, very famous Disney pirate movie. You know, you'd think Disney wouldn't have gone into pirates if it wasn't for good old Treasure Island. Nolan. I believe you have quite a fondness for this story, anyway.
1: I mean, if you haven't read Treasure Island, trust me, you have read Treasure Island. That story is probably one of the most influential adventure stories of all time. And you probably know the plot of it, even if you haven't read it. It's been adapted, like, countless times from, like, silent movies all the way up to the talkies to the color movies. Even in games, Uncharted 4 takes a lot of plot cues from the story of Treasure okay. Island. and I even believe, like, um, Pirates of the Caribbean kind of exists as a twist on Treasure Island. You know, it adds the whole supernatural thing into it. It makes the characters a bit more complicated. Treasure Island, for me, is just, like, it's one of those very simple stories that gets more complex as you get older. And it, that's why it's lasted so long.
0: Yeah, because obviously it's it's kind of originally a, a children's book, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's a children's story yeah. that anybody can enjoy. Of course,
1: in the same way like Huckleberry Finn is. I suppose. Yeah,
0: uh, it's got deeper things going on and morals going on and all sorts of uh, things like that. And yes, it may look like a simple adventure story from the, from you know the the outline of it, but if you do read it, and I read it years ago, I, I can't remember too much sort of detail. Of, about when i read it but i know i have read it years ago because i own the book um but seeing this movie as well you get so much kind of character depth and a, there's a hell of a lot of moral questions in treasure island from many many characters not just long john silver because long john silver is obviously the most famous thing in the whole thing in the whole story uh to have come out of it long john silver's basically why we think pirates look like they did
1: yeah he's the he's the og pirate character but my my man jim hawkins is the guy and some some people may actually not even realize that they know treasure island but they will have a fondness for a certain disney animated movie called treasure planet
0: yes which is treasure island but in space
1: which sadly was a box office bomb and not too well with the critics. I, I remember enjoying it as a kid, but I mean, I rewatched it recently and it is a little bit gimmicky.
0: I don't think I've ever but seen Treasure Fun. Planet.
1: It's this movie, but in space.
0: I mean, I feel like I'd rather Long John Silver is a robot. I, I, I'm not too sure. I need Long John Silver the robot, to be honest with you. I'd much rather have Long John Silver Robert Newton being incredibly piratey.
1: I mean, just, if Long John Silver the character is based, like the book character, like gave way to what pirates would become. Robert Newton's performance showed you how pirates would become like later on. Because I think we have talked about a few pirate movies before, like Captain Blood yes. and everything. And they're all these kind of big, dashing Errol Flynn adventurers. And Pirates of the Caribbean very smartly takes that archetype and makes it Will Turner. Yeah. Whereas the Long John Silver, it's kind of part Jack Sparrow, part Jam, Jim Hawkins, but also a little bit Barbossa. It, I think that movie, like, that Pirates of the Caribbean knows that we've kind of come for the more outlandish, cool pirates yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean is the kind of, perf- you know, especially that first movie is kind of the perfect blend of these different type of pirate movies. That you look it's at the, the love letters of the pirates. Yeah, genre, you, really. you look at the swashbucklers with Errol Flynn and Tyrone Power and whoever else it may be, Douglas Fairbanks, um, and you get that level of action and that coolness of a character in Pirates of the Caribbean. But you also get the real intense seafaring adventure that you get in something like Treasure Island because you feel that it just feels very warm as a movie like you just sit down and go i'm gonna gonna enjoy myself today i'm gonna watch treasure island what a beautiful just hour and a half you can spend watching a movie like this that is and it is because it's one of those stories that is so ingrained in everybody whether they actually read it or watched it or not people know phrases from treasure island people know that pirates say r and shiver me timbers because of treasure island that's no Yo that's not come ho, from and
1: a bottle of rum.
0: exactly the name the jolly roger as a ship you know that's treasure island it's all treasure island the pirates having a peg leg is because of long john silver That's not like, yes, okay, there may have been some pirates in the 1700s that had peg legs, but we wouldn't know about them if it wasn't for some funny Scottish writer writing Long John Silver. Not you.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, uh, I am a funny Scottish writer, but I've not (laughs) actually got a book deal yet. But no, I, I feel a lot of my writing style does come a lot from what uh, Robert Stevenson does, because what I like about him is that he knows people are coming for the adventure, but when you read between the lines, you see all this other stuff in his stories. like Treasure Island, you look at it from a surface level, it's about a kid going on an adventure to find treasure and mishaps go on. But between that is a lot to do with the relationship that Robert Stevenson had with his father and sort of this, like challenge between holding up Victorian responsibility and also, like, identity. So, really, you could also look at this story as uh, Jim Hawkins basically is Robert Stevenson as a kid, trying to find a male role model, because his father wasn't really like that for him.
0: I like that. I like that. Because you do, I mean, I know in the, in the book, you actually do get Jim Hawkins's dad as a character. He's isn't he the one who like owns the pub at the beginning?
1: Yeah, he's the he's the innkeeper who like dies from alcohol poisoning in the beginning. Yeah,
0: so he's he he is in the he is in the movie, or is that just yeah. whatever his name is, Billy Bones? I'm pretty
1: sure that it, I'm pretty sure that is that's that's either based on his father or it is his father.
0: Okay, um, well I know that I know Billy Bones, who's I mean it's it's names like that, like Billy Bones and Captain Flint. Like, these are pirate names that people just know. But you you may not even know where you know them from. But you know them from Treasure Island. Um, I just, I did want to bring up, actually, that um, Finley Curry plays Billy Bones at the beginning of this movie. And Finley Curry is the most absolute lighthouse keeper, sailor, pirate-looking man you have ever seen in any movie of all time, ever. And I really like him whenever he shows up in a movie because he just reminds me of... The sea and captains uh, uh, and lighthouses.
1: <laughs> I, uh, if I could go on any kind of adventure story like thing, I'm not sure I'd want to be like a treasure hunter, like a Nathan Drake or an Indiana Jones. I'd want to be a pirate, even though I'm terrified something... of the ocean. I know. Uh, I would love. I love the idea of being a pirate. Sounds so fun.
0: It's the same. I mean, it's bad, really, isn't it? When we think about it. these people are just criminals but and we want to be them because of how pirates are displayed in in media and popular culture and it's fun like that um, but i i i do agree with you because i also get very ill on boats and things like that but for some reason i've always liked the idea of becoming a pirate and walking around on a ship you know doing pirate related things i don't even need to go for treasure i just need to kind of sail around on a ship singing shanties and
1: i've been doing that for the past week playing assassin's (laughs) creed black flag (laughs) there is a lot of shanties in there that i am never going to get out of my head a lot of songs about sally brown and
0: it's perfect sounds perfect firing your cannons at every such english ship that passes you because you don't like britain uh Because they are taking over the Caribbean, and you just want to be your own little independent businessman, which I think is what pirates just actually are.
1: They want freedom, essentially, and I love that this idea of Victorian responsibility and just, like, desire, almost, is really shown in the beginning of this movie. I mean, look at that innkeeper, right? Yeah. You can imagine his entire life and all his whole life will ever be is being an innkeeper. And that makes him miserable. He'll never escape from it. He's drank himself to death, essentially. And Jim Hawkins sees that. He takes one look at it. He's like, fuck that. I don't want to be doing that. No. And you can even see it in Long John Silver. He's got a duty as a cook working under a ship just so he can get there. But really, he knows more than the people in charge and the people in power know about being a sailor or a pirate or whatever. Yeah. He, I just love little things like that. Because he uh,
0: sailed under the infamous Captain Flint, and you never actually see Captain Flint, do you? Because Captain Flint's already dead at the beginning Captain of the Flint story. Captain Flint
1: is the Davy Jones of this universe.
0: Kind of is. He's the legend where it all begins from. It's his treasure. He, I love the, I love the idea of Captain Flint taking all of his treasure and then murdering his crewmates just so they couldn't have any. And then yeah, just well, going Yeah, well, that's off. another
1: message in Treasure Island. Like, I've spoke a lot about this when we talk about things that are similar. Basically, if you have money or power or riches, you're basically going to die. Someone's coming to get that from you. Yes. And that, that's a theme that's carried a lot into, like, other stories that have been inspired by Treasure Island. That's a big thing in Uncharted 4. Someone is just keeps searching for this lost, sunken pirate treasure, and it just drives them mad with the obsession of it.
0: Greed is terrible, is one nice message in Treasure Island, because they're all the people, are all after the treasure, aren't they? Including the quote-unquote nice English gentleman that I actually forget the name of because they're kind of boring in comparison to, you know, Long John Silver and Robert Newton just chewing up all the scenery.
1: And those outfits they wear, mad they must not be comfortable enough, ship. Well, look, it is... how hot it is. I mean,
0: the movie's, what, the, the story's set in, what, 1760-something or whenever it may be. 18th century, I think, yeah. for sure, yeah. So, that's what people wore, sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really too f- focused or interested in the doctor or the squire or captain, whatever his face is. I'm interested... In the fact that they hire Long John Silver because Long John Silver is known to have been, you know, Captain Flint's crewman. was it, Was it? Was he? Was he first? No, he wasn't first mate. Was he? Billy Bones was first mate. That's why Billy Bones. Billy Bones is terrified of Long John Silver because they always knew that Long John Silver was actually the most terrifying one, and. That blind man comes with the black spot. The black spot there is where the black spot comes from in Pirate's Treasure Island. Would you... Do you? Have you death, Have you ever received the black spot, Nolan?
1: I, I have not. I've once had a black pen uh, burst in my hand.
0: Yeah, I think, and, I think uh, you have then.
1: Yeah, but I mean, even then again, the black spot, that's a trope that's carried through... In a lot of pirate things, uh, Jack Sparrow has the black spot, and that's what sends the Kraken after him.
0: That's true. That's true. But Jack Sparrow gets the black spot on his actual hand, not just on a letter. Oh, yes. Or does it transfer onto his hand? Pirates of the Caribbean is a bit more magical than Treasure Island. Treasure Island's a very... I mean, it feels like a very very realistic kind of story, really, doesn't it?
1: Well, it is, because it's originating the tropes of what these stories would become.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: and like pirates were dead around the time Pirates of the Caribbean came out and that gave it a twist and brought it back again. True,
0: true. But yeah, look, I I'm, I'm way more focused on the the mutiny that Long John Silver kind of leads with all these other people that he that he clearly also hates because I love how pretty much the instant they actually get to the island, and the mutiny starts taking place. And Long John Silver is obviously leading, and everybody's following Long John Silver's orders, and it all looks good for Long John Silver. As soon as they actually get control of the ship, raise the skull and crossbones, that George guy, who I forget the last name of, immediately starts questioning Long John Silver's leadership, which causes... Significant tension for the rest of the movie between poor old John and um and, and this George guy who is just kind of a thorn in his side. He needs to get rid of him. He needs to do a bit of stabby stabby, swordy swordy with that guy. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't like him.
1: Well, think about that like, as a concept, like. You want to be a pirate, you want to command your own ship. You don't really want to sail under somebody. And if you are, you're doing that just until you get your own ship or you can mutiny them or
0: something. But this is long, John Silver.
1: Yeah, but pirates have always had that weird kind of thing to me. Like They feel like a family, but it's like a dysfunctional family where anyone could like stab the back of somebody at any given point. That's
0: kind of definitely true, isn't it?
1: And that keeps the tension going. That's that's kind of why I love these stories.
0: That's absolutely true. In fact, didn't that actually happen in the original in Captain Flint's original uh, treasure quest? Which is why yeah. what a, uh, Ben Gunn, who's the guy that was marooned on the island for however many decades, by the looks of it,
1: man looks like Robin Williams at the beginning of german He
0: does, he does. Uh, I think that's why he's there, isn't it? Because he was. A mutineer. So he was marooned on that island. Marooning on an island is also a terrible punishment, by the way. I mean, people don't think about that. The the horror of that enough, I don't think. Just, there you go, left yourself, don't know where this is, and survive if you can. Bye. What a horrible thing to do. I mean, would you
1: rather have that or walking the plank?
0: Ah, I mean, look, walking the plank, I mean, look, I'd rather, I I guess I'd kind of rather be marooned, because at least then there's a chance. I mean, it's a little bit more tortureful, but at least there's a chance. Walking the plank, you're just like, come on, get off, stabby, stabby, pokey, pokey, get off, come on, drown, go on, there's a shark down there, come on, get off, hey, there he goes, he's off, bye.
1: The ocean's turned red and we're moving on.
0: Exactly. Death. Death. It's quick. Walking the plank's too quick for me. Maroon with one bullet in a gun. In one of those old pistols, pirate pistols. That's what you want. That's what I'd do to somebody.
1: And among that, I mean, the relationship between Jim Hawkins and Long John Silver is fascinating. It is. Because they... It's kind of a father-son relationship, and maybe Long John Silver sees a bit of himself in Jim Hawkins. But is essentially teaching him the hardest lesson that he'll ever learn, is that for you to learn to become a great man on your own, I'm going to have to betray you and leave you stranded, and you're going to have to fight your own way back to me. So in a way, Long John Silver is the villain, but he's also... His lessons change who Jim Hawkins is. They help his character grow. That's the meaning of a great villain for me. If you take Long John Silver out of Treasure Island, Treasure Island doesn't work.
0: Not at all. No, not at all. I, and I, I you know, I'm similar in that way. I don't really view Long John Silver as a villain. I mean, for, for many characters in the movie, he is a villain. But, like, for half of the movie, for the first half of the movie, he is a serious kind of old, warm, comforting figure. Uh, to Jim Hawkins obviously and then at the end of the movie Jim's kind of come back to realise do you know what was he that bad was he that bad no no I don't think he was that bad I don't think Long John Silver's a villain I just think Long John Silver was trying to do his own thing and he just had to you know kill a few people to do it he's not he's not he's not Trying to harm our protagonist. He's never trying to harm our protagonist. So, can he really be called an antagonist?
1: In a sense, kind of. I mean, it's the closest thing the story has to an antagonist, unless you want to say the villain of Treasure Island is greed, which I hate it when villains are just like a thematic, oh, vague The thing. villain
0: is the concept... Of greed, yes. Success.
1: Whenever someone says that to me, like I'm like, yeah, your story's gonna be pretentious as fuck. But
0: well, look, it? that might have been what Robert Louis Stevenson wanted to portray in the first place. You don't know. You've never spoke to him.
1: H- how do you know I haven't spoke to him? Well, you, you may- don't know what I've been getting up to during lockdown. I,
0: I, I don't. But you may have. You may have spoke to the ghost of Robert Louis Stevenson.
1: I may have gotten into necromancy. You don't know.
0: I would be fascinated if he did. <laughs> Can we talk about that please? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, look. I I just like Long John Silver as a character. He just he's, he's very likable to me. He's a bit look, he's kind of a more he's a wiser Jack Sparrow. Or is he or is he is he a wiser Jack Sparrow? Or is he a softer Barbosa? I think he might be a softer Barbosa.
1: Even Barbosa, I think, is not really a villain in a sense. He's just like a pirate who's trying to save his own life. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that.
0: The interesting thing with Barbosa in, in Pirates of the Caribbean is that in the first movie, he's very, very much the villain. <laughs> but then he comes back as a helpful hand. And by the time he actually dies in Pirates 5, Spoilers for Pirates 5, although that movie is, is, I think, five years old now. And also garbage. Uh, We all have watched it, though. Um, You actually feel really bad, and everybody else feels really bad when he ends up falling down that weird watery crevice in, in Pirates 5 that I never quite understood the physics of.
1: I mean, I preferred his death in the Curse of the Black Pearl, but uh, yes, sure. Yeah, true. I get where you're coming from.
0: But we did like how he came back as the kind of bit of an anti-hero and then ended up kind of like a real team player.
1: Everyone loves morally grey characters, but I think they're too scared to admit it.
0: True, it's true.
1: But, like you get a, you get a kick out of seeing authority being kicked in the ass by certain characters.
0: Especially when they're as cool as Long John Silver.
1: Yeah, especially.
0: And Robert Newton's performance. Because let's be fair. Let's be fair. I've read a few things about Robert Newton's performance as Long John Silver here. That literally seem to be like... In popular culture, pirates didn't even speak with an R accent. until Until Robert Newton decided that was the accent he would use for long john silver so influential to an incredible degree there he, the the way he's carrying himself throughout this movie is just so it embodies what we think a pirate is and i know it i know it came It was the the influence, and I know it was kind of the first of this kind of pirate portrayal. But it really has everything there, down to the catchphrases where he's just perfectly kind of saying things like shiver me timbers, and ahoy matey, and absolute base pirate phrases that he's just saying so perfectly, giving that, Kind of little one squinty eye hopping around on his crotch with his pirate squawking pieces of eight next to him. I mean, it is absolutely the most stereotypical pirate you've ever seen. But it's so, so perfect. And let's not forget, look, Robert Newton. We've watched Robert Newton in a movie before. It was Oliver from nineteen forty, or Oliver Twist from 1948, where he was Bill Sykes.
1: That fits kind of perfectly, to be honest. I thought he was Bill Sykes. I thought I recognised him.
0: Yeah, um, I would. I wouldn't say Bill Sykes is necessarily a father figure in the same way that Long John Silver is. In obviously in in Oliver Twist, it, it's more Fagin that's the father figure. Um, but the fearsome nature and intimidation factor is there in both the characters for our little uh, little protagonist. It just so, It just so happens that Bill Sykes is very, very, very obviously the villain of Oliver Twist because he's just cruel and violent. Long John Silver isn't that cruel. He's just he's greedy. Cool. He's cool and he's just a He just wants a bit of treasure, which any pirate realistically does. So can you hate on Long John Silver? I don't think so. Especially not in this movie when Robert Newton's so good.
1: Robert Newton's performance is the best part about this movie. It
0: absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, And, of course, Robert Newton would play Long John Silver plenty more times. I think in in a direct sequel to this movie... Um, which I think he's just called, like, Long John Silver or something like that. And I believe also in a TV show that's, like, The Adventures of Long John Silver or something like that. Because he was just really well-liked as uh, as Long John Silver. I think it's probably his, what he's best known for, to be honest.
1: His performance is... I mean, if, he, if pirates weren't like that before him, what a fucking performance, essentially. Like,
0: exactly.
1: Can you imagine the kind of places you'd have to go to to think of all these things that then would become pirate pop culture years later?
0: Exactly. Because, look, a few of that, a few of the stuff, sure, it is in Treasure Island itself, but it's the way it's done and the way it's said and the way you carry yourself. Like, the image is there in treasure island. So obviously that pirate image comes in what 1880 something or whenever Robert Louis Stevenson wrote it. But the way it's portrayed comes from Robert Newton in 1950. Um it's just a shame really. I mean, I don't know if because obviously in and this is another reason why I thought 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was was Disney's first live action movie and maybe somebody who i know we have uh our lovely patron andrew who's a enorm- enormous disney fan would probably be able to tell me um th- a bit more detail on this but i know that disneyland had a Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea ride where you went under the lagoon and it was captain nemo and the giant squid and all kind of frenchy french things going on because that's what that is um, did they ever have a Treasure Island attraction at Disneyland? If they did, it
1: probably became the Pirates of the Caribbean, right?
0: Or the Pirates of the Caribbean was, I mean, mayb- to be fair, mayb- mayb- maybe they didn't have a direct Treasure Island, but they just thought, you know what, we like pirates, so we'll just make Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, because Pirates of the Caribbean was a completely original attraction. I know that. I know that.
1: Maybe, maybe the land it's on is called Treasure Island? I don't know. I've never been to Disneyland.
0: Um, well, it's in different places no. in each place, so I don't know. Um, maybe, but maybe that was the thought. Maybe that was the thought about how Pirates of the Caribbean was created in the first place. I don't know. Maybe Andrew will be able to tell me. If you are listening, Andrew, please inform me. I would love to know. Yes. Success. Um, Anyway, other things, other wonderful things about this movie, Nolan, is, um, well, whether it's wonderful or not, but it's a little bit unusual that, you know, Jim Hawkins is American. Yeah,
1: I'm guessing that's just uh, Disney's thing of like, oh, if we want this to be a big worldwide hit, then it's got to be in a universal accent, which I've noticed they do a lot.
0: They do. They still do it. Um, they always will. But, you know, Bobby Driscoll, who plays Jim Hawkins, is kind of, I'm a child in the 50s who was an actor, and that's what I look like, and that's what I behave like. There's nothing special about him in any way.
1: No, I mean, he's no Tom Holland.
0: No, he isn't. Uh, I I don't think there's anything particularly special about, about Bobby Driscoll's Jim Hawkins at all. Um, I guess
1: he won't be coming on this podcast anytime soon. I mean, is he dead?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, possibly, but also possibly not. But he's just—I mean, maybe it's just the fact that—I mean, it's a solid—it's a solid performance from what he's clearly like a twelve-year-old. But you are playing alongside this great performance from Robert Newton that we can't shut up about because it's just that good and you you're struggling and when you've got so many scenes together and I did read actually something somewhere that was kind of cool was that Bobby Driscoll only had a limited work permit because the movie was filmed in England so they had to film all his scenes first so we could go back home so it was really out so it was really kind of out of whack production wise and they were just doing every every single thing with Jim Hawkins before the rest of it that's a fun little thing um I guess child work permits in the 50s can only last so long if you're going to a different country. Um, But he's just playing alongside, you know, Long John Silver in most of his scenes. So he's not going to look particularly great when you've got the absolute embodiment of pirate perfection this side of Jack Sparrow. In your movie, it's just, you're just gonna struggle. I don't know.
1: I I, I agree with that. I mean, he for what he does, he's fine. He's a fine audience lead, like POV character. But I do believe, like, since they've made Treasure Island so many times, if they ever did decide like to do like a, actually, I do think uh, the guy who did How to Train Your Dragons doing a new How a New Treasure Island. It?
0: Like an animated one. Well,
1: Probably, I mean, he's only ever done animated okay. movies. But it might be live action as well. You get like a Jacob Tremblay in there to be Jim Hawkins and get some really animated actor to be Long John Silver.
0: I mean, look, there's been plenty of animated actors that have played Long John Silver in other movies. Orson Welles played Long John Silver. Of course he did. In the 70s. Um,
1: did Orson Welles also direct that version of Treasure do you know Island? what? I don't
0: know. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him, though. I don't think so um no i don't think so i mean obviously as well you know there was muppet's treasure island and you had tim curry playing long john silver which is a, you know a pretty pretty good portrayal there i don't mind muppet's treasure island i mean it, it's kind of it's kind of like muppet's christmas carol to me where it's it's got the basics there and it's a pretty damn good you know lead human performance But then it's just got a load of Muppets just doing Muppet things in it. That's just like. I
1: really hope that doesn't lead to a trend where it's like Minions, Treasure Island, and Minions, Christmas Carol.
0: No, the Muppets are far more well loved than the Minions. People really, really hate the Minions. I know people like the Minions, but nobody really hates the Muppets, do they? Who hates the no, Muppets?
1: The Muppets have like, defined personalities and character, whereas the Minions are just Ugh, yellow
0: things. Exactly, yellow things. Um, but I, I, I quite like Muppets Treasure Island, but it, it is in that category with Muppets Christmas Carol to me, where it's a fun time and it does what it does really well. But if you want, like... Full-on adaptations of the story. Don't watch the Muppet version because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get it. What?
1: No, I mean you can watch this version. I think it's good enough for its time. The set designs are
0: beautiful. Oh, it is. It's shot beautifully. It's it's in glorious colour. It's the sets, like you said, are really really good. It looks like a fun fifties adventure movie. And that's what it should I mean, look this like. this is
1: when movies were done on sets rather than filming everything in live action. Yeah. I feel there's more creativity when you're building a set.
0: There has to be. There has to be. And you can be more creative with it because you can do like weird forced perspective things. And we know Disney likes weird forced perspective things. And I'm not saying there's weird forced perspective things going on in this movie, but there's the idea that there could be when you are building on sets rather than... Uh, like you said, they could just film this in the Caribbean or use C G. Well what as we learned now. from
1: Jaws, filming at sea is very difficult. So they would likely just build a big swimming pool. True. And have a big blue screen.
0: Yeah. It's a fair point. And
1: I much prefer the hand painted backgrounds of this movie. Right. They are glaringly obvious, but they are beautiful to look at.
0: They're so good. They're so good. It's like, it gives you that Wizard of Oz level of adventure movie, doesn't it? Where, oh, okay, let's let's look at the sets of the Wizard of Oz. And we all do this when we're watching the Wizard of Oz. We know we do. And we can see the sets. Oh, okay, he's walking through the forest. There's Dorothy walking through the forest. And just look just past the third layer of trees. And there's the bottom of the wall. Because I can see the bottom of the wall and the rest of it's painted. Yes, success. We all do that when we're watching The Wizard of Oz, or at least I do. And it doesn't affect you at all because it just makes you appreciate it more.
1: Also, that ocean water is way too clean.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> is.
1: They, threw, they throw the captain overboard at the end. It's like they were throwing him into a bath.
0: They probably were. <laughs> he probably had a nice, soapy bath. And took his money home that he'd earned from mr disney
1: and then soaked in his bath with a bath bomb obviously some yes. candles some wine yes a good book which treasure island is
0: <laughs> you might have been reading treasure island, i don't know um <laughs> would you say treasure island is i mean in terms of robert louis stevenson and we know look as far as scotland and authors go he's pretty up there nolan would you go any further would you go any one uh, further?
1: As in, like, would I read more of his work? Or
0: no, like, as, it, I... as in, is there a better Scottish author? Mm. Or is it debatable? Honestly,
1: my, my mind's just going blank at that, to be honest. <laughs> I, most... I don't know of many other Scottish writers well, other than him.
0: Let's call it yes, then. Yeah. Let's call it yes. What about his other? his other... Things, he's other stories. I, mean, I know he did.
1: I know he did Jekyll and Hyde, Dead. which is pretty great. Uh, but I, I feel Treasure Island is his most complete story. Uh, it also, I mean, Jekyll and Hyde has bits of what he feels like as well—that t- torn identity between duty and chaos.
0: It does. It does. Robert
1: Louis Stevenson sounds like he was a very interesting guy.
0: I mean, most most writers tend to be. I think. So, oh, thank you well certainly I mean certainly most kind of uh classic literature writers because they're always i mean the the Victorian period has so much it has so much kind of built up energy in people that they were not allowed in society to portray. You get all that tension and it all comes flooding out onto the pages of a book. That's why Victorian books are literally every... You can go through every single one of them and say, that's a literature classic, so was that one, so was that one, so is... And they're all from the same, like, 60-year period. Like, so was that one, so was that one. There's so many of them because there's, in Britain... You know, you look at I'm talking British classics. You look at Britain and Victorian Britain, it's a very, very... It's a society where you can't do much through fear of what others may think and you can't express yourself a lot and you can't do any of that. You have to be very upright. Maybe you can't
1: do that now. You no,
0: know, Well, you can. You can do it more than you could then. I mean, people will shout at you. But you can do it. Um, It just wasn't the thing to do in Victorian Britain, which is just why I think that the levels of emotion that you actually do get and and morals and questions and kind of energy that you get in Victorian novels is, is so palpable because... Yeah. The writers had to do it on the page because they couldn't do it in the real world.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's where I think like some of the best literature comes from is when they reflect their time and they look at things in their time and they can adapt them to various certain stories. I mean, Jekyll and Hyde and Treasure Island couldn't be any more different from one another, right. yet they come from the same kind of frustration and source.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know it's easy to look at treasure island as robert louis stevenson and his relationship with his dad and trying him trying to find him putting himself in jim Hawkins's shoes and trying to find a father figure and then when he does find a father figure that's long john silver he's not quite as angelic as he first seemed because let's be fair, when Jim first meets Long John Silver, he's just this nice little charming cook man who's just, he knows things and he's fascinating to Jim Hawkins. But then there's there's layers to him, there's depth to him. But you end up, of course, realising, and it's quite a sweet ending of this movie, isn't it? I think it is anyway. When Long John Silver's rowing away on his little sailboat with his money, with his treasure that he's got. And the... uh. The upright English gentlemen's or gentlemen that are there are just like, damn, he got away. And he gives a wave to Jim and Jim kind of gives a little wave back to him, even though Jim's like, I should be an English gentleman as a sailor. I shouldn't be a pirate. But Jim can't help himself because he knows that Long John Silver is secretly a good man, or at least he was, to him. Friends!
1: Yes, and that's that's kind of the beautiful thing about Treasure Island, is that you can get a good person from either side of the coin. Yeah. And you can have, and you explore that, and there's more, like, grey areas within them. And maybe what Jim had to learn was that he shouldn't just be looking for a father figure to solve his own problems, he should look at the various role models he's had and then take all the best moments from them and decide what kind of man he's going to be.
0: And you would like to think that's how he lives his life. You would. You would. Or that's at least, that is what the story tells him to do, I think. And look, you you can even look at uh, old Ben Gunn, the marooned man, as a kind of influence on Jim as well, because he spends enough time with him frolicking around the island looking for people um and he gets so he gets some good pieces of kind of a survival advice and uh intelligence from Ben Gunn because let's be fair to Ben Gunn he takes most of that treasure he takes all the treasure and he hides it in his own cave cuz it ain't in the box and it ain't in the chest when they dig it all it's in Ben Gunn's cave he's already had it. He's already taken it. He's cleverer than... He's cleverer than uh, the anime look, that man.
1: Yeah. All that treasure will just be with him forever until he dies, essentially. Yeah. Creating the legend of Ben Gunn.
0: Yeah. It's good. It's good. I had a fo- I, I really had fun watching this movie. It's a really, really fun movie. It is. I really liked it. And-
1: I may just read the book again during this uh, festive lockdown season.
0: Go for it. I mean, you do get a little more kind of... A little more story and a little more detail in the book like you would expect, you know. Um, I feel... I do really do feel like you get a lot more of at the... Towards the beginning of the story in the book than you do in in this movie. It definitely seems like... um, the black spot and oh they're on the ship already happens within about 15 minutes which just seems a little bit too quick from what i can remember the story uh actually being like there seems to be a lot more kind of sitting around in this pub or in watching all these piratey kind of people drinking and talking at the start, or Jim, you know, Jim's there doing all that, wanting a better life uh, or a more adventurous life, rather than kind of just it very quickly happening, like it does in yeah. this. But you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a fair chunk to cut out for an adaptation, because does it add to anything apart from setting up a? scenario setting up a scene setting up a feeling no i
1: want to see the three hour black and white version of this movie directed by robert eggers
0: i mean look you look robert eggers could do a pirate movie if he wanted to robert eggers is doing a viking movie isn't he so why couldn't robert eggers go into a pirate movie and make all he has to do is put the lighthouse like, use the exact same accents that he used in the lighthouse. All he has to do is just move that on the sea, rather than next to the sea, rather than on a rock. Just, I mean, would he use the same accents? Because I suppose you wouldn't, because that's New England and you'd have to go from Britain and it's different century. It's a good idea, though. It's a good idea. I like that. I, I, I wouldn't...
1: I... Rare bloody states all round.
0: Unless you're Pattinson, in which case we don't want to be there for that situation, do we? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we do not. No, we don't. Uh, absolutely, we do not. Um, I would like to actually end our little discussion on Treasure Island here by um, telling you that I think I've read this, that Long John Silver's called Long John Silver because... He is a cannibal. Apparently, or was. He's eaten human flesh. Apparently, because that's that's what Long John comes from. I've read this somewhere. It's got something to do with long pork.
1: That's that's quite frightening. It is. It is frightening. Considering
0: he's the cook. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is frightening. Let me try and let me try and find out. Let me try and, uh, and and find where I uh, where I had this because I found it quite like really really fascinating and also terrifying um, that Long John Silver was apparently a cannibal. But I mean, I don't really like I don't really like the idea. Here, here it is, yeah. Um... It says this is reinforced name like Long John Silver and his cannibalism is reinforced when Ben Gunn mentions that Long John Silver will treat him like pork if he finds him. Um, ah, human, human, human flesh supposedly tastes like pork, and cannibals referred to humans as Long Pig, which is why anyone who has practiced cannibalism had the nickname Long. So Long John Silver had at one point eaten human flesh. Lovely. I want that in Robert Eggers' adaptation. He'd go Fuck there. yeah. He'd go there. I,
1: he'd go there and then some.
0: He'd go there. I just thought that was a fun way to end because you never think of Long John Silver as a cannibal, do you?
1: No, I don't. No, you don't. Well now I am.
0: Now you am. What a good Fuck. What a good place. <laughs> Anyway, apart from the cannibalism, Nolan, this movie's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Yay! 1950. Disney's first live-action movie. It tricked me. Disney, you tricked me because I thought your old squid Frenchy French submarine movie was your uh, first live-action movie. But apparently, apparently it's this one. Okay, fair enough. I'll take the fact i'll take the new knowledge and party with it i will party with it. or i'll parlay with it because that's a pirate term isn't it although you can't really yes. parlay with knowledge you parlay with another person when you're coming to a mutual agreement that's what also
1: they're more like it's. guidelines and actual rules
0: yeah that's true um pirate code and all that business you know it's not really strict is it it's not really strict it's just it's just He's like, have you ever been in a society that has a code? No one.
1: Uh, no. No, that's and probably I good. Want to
0: be. You've never been in the the, the I don't believe that's
1: a society. That is a. Uh, that's also a cult.
0: Really. <laughs> what well, are pirates a cult then?
1: Um, they're the most fun-loving cult out there. If that's the case.
0: Fair enough. I think I...
1: scouts are definitely cults
0: though yeah uh, i mean mm, yeah
1: no one wants to buy your damn cookies go away yeah a little
0: bit a little bit anyway 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 pirates are a fun-loving cult and long john silver's a cannibalism and greed is bad those are the takeaways from 1950s treasure island applause to disney Applause to Disney, and extra special applause to Robert Newton. Nolan. Does anybody in this movie enter your husband Hall of Fame?
1: I mean, Long John Silver would have if you hadn't said that cannibal thing.
0: Really? <laughs> I, I do, you don't. Yeah. You don't see him eat human flesh in the story, or in the film, uh. or in the book. You ju- it's just apparently due to some weird fact somewhere. That at one point that's why he's called Long John because of the long referring to eating human flesh.
1: <laughs> if he was in the husband Hall of Fame, we'd have quite a celibate relationship.
0: I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Anyway, you don't know. He may have eaten his own leg. You don't Possibly. know Possibly. You don't know where his leg went. Do you know where his leg went? I don't know where his leg went. He's just never had a leg, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know where he got chopped off, or sliced off, or trodden on.
1: Maybe he was born without it. Maybe he was
0: born without it. I really don't know. I really don't know. But, anyway, lovely discussion on Treasure Island 1950, episode 136 of The Main Show. Nolan, any fun things coming up?
1: Well, uh, you know how you said movies are dead. Yes. Not on HBO Max, apparently. No, well,
0: that's not, well, yes, but we're also Britain, so we can't get HBO Max.
1: I mean, if you um, if you watch any YouTubers, you'll know that they give a nice little sponsor from various VPN services. Yes,
0: I know, but I'm I'm really kind of um, they will also terrified. probably
1: release in theaters here.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. I'll probably just go to the cinema. Yeah.
1: And you can actually book out a screen now. I don't, with your family. I don't
0: think I'd. I don't think I'd go that far. But I'll probably just go to the cinema with my mask on, to watch, lovely Wonder Woman, do Wonder Woman things.
1: Yes. I'm just glad it's fucking coming out. Oh, I know,
0: right? My God, I've missed actual movies, Nolan.
1: I feel like we've been waiting for *Wonder Woman* nineteen eighty four for one thousand nine hundred eighty four years.
0: <laughs> we have. It's because we have. It's felt like that long. It really has. No, I, I am quite uh, thankful for that, to be honest. And I do think I do think it's a good move because, yes, you're releasing it in cinemas. You, you're almost releasing it in cinemas for. worldwide audience and then telling the us who are still rampant with covid that you can watch it on hbo max you don't have to go to the rest of these people in other countries can't do that they don't have it so they're going to the movies to the cinemas you can watch it at home these guys can't you can so watch it at home don't go out to the cinemas But it's going to be a difficult one for cinemas anyway, isn't it? To return from...
1: I hope that this is just like a one-off scenario and doesn't become the norm.
0: No, and I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I just hope that cinemas continue to be able to exist for years. I
1: guarantee once COVID is over, cinemas are going to have the biggest surge in fucking... I hope money so. that they've had in years because people will just be like i miss shitty overpriced popcorn and slushies." I,
0: I hope so and i hope it's very much like that with with a lot of things to be honest that people maybe took for granted just public events like you know i i, I don't go to the theater but who's to say that like i would go to the theater i just like having the option I've not got the option. I might be
1: coming down to London to the theatre next year anyway.
0: You see what I mean? So, like, maybe I'll go to the theatre. Maybe I'll go to other places that I wouldn't usually go to and boost their economy. But because I've not had the option to. So I hope it is like that. I really hope it is like that, because I think we owe those kind of um, entertainment and hospitality businesses, we owe we owe them that, after all, this terribleness this year. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, it, it's a good thing. Treasure Island's great. That's all I've got.
0: Lovely. There we go, then. Um, any fun things coming up, though, from your uh, creative end? Uh,
1: just trying to write a book, and by that I mean staring at a blank <laughs> document for three hours. Yeah, and... sounds about right. I'm with my recent obsession with. Uh, okay, here's the deal. We were originally going to record this the day before, and we didn't because Morgan was doing God knows what. Maybe necromancy. Possibly. I ended yes. up what. I ended up watching uh, Horrid Henry on Netflix, and now I think just for fun, I might either write a Horrid Henry script. Or do a video examining the
0: psychology of horrid Henry. I 100% think you should do a video examining the psychology of horrid Henry. I think that's absolutely perfect. I love that. Because any anyone who's aware of horrid Henry... And I know horrid Henry is, is quite a British thing. But anybody who's aware of it knows full well that Henry ain't that horrid. He's
1: not. He's
0: really, he's really not. He's just a normal kid. And he gets really done over by his parents and every single human being around him who are all terrible.
1: They're the horrid ones. They
0: are. They really are. His parents are disgraceful human beings.
1: Although I've looked into it and there's a lot of people who think that him and Moody Margaret end up as a couple.
0: I mean, that's true. That's definitely true. But yes, please do a video on that. I think it would absolutely fly. As a video.
1: But since I don't have anything, I will shout out my friend Gwen Stone, Yes, who just posted her first part of a four part documentary series about uh, Zack Snyder's filmography.
0: Ooh.
1: It is called The People vs. Snyder. Uh, basically, the first part, it debunks this whole idea that Zack Snyder's a fascist, which is a a fascist. completely fucking ridiculous.
0: Have you ever watched like, any of his movies?
1: like just admit that you don't like his movies don't fucking overreach to that stupidity
0: have these people watched any of his movies
1: i don't know maybe there's like alternate cuts somewhere that they've made that they're watching i i I really
0: don't i really i really don't think uh, I i don't understand that at all sorry
1: no, but uh, the video basically debunks that. Yeah. I had a nice uh, voice role in it, voicing okay. Leonidas, or no, actually not Leonidas, but a character from
0: Three Hundred. was going to say it should have been Leonidas because you know Gerard Butler Scotland mm-hmm. should have been. Leonidas. I also
1: voiced Robbie Collin, the film critic, okay, in a sort of Daniel Radcliffe voice, which is hilarious.
0: Brilliant. This sounds good. I like this. Yeah, it's a.
1: Uh... It's going to be four parts. The first part's out now. It's an hour long. Okay. It's like a fucking documentary, and uh, Gwen really deserves it. She's been working on this for ages.
0: Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. We'll, uh, We'll go and check that out then, won't we? But you know what else you can check out is the other shows on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, because this is the main show. This is the namesake show, but it is not the only show we have on this feed. We have Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine the Machine with all the schmo down stuff and there's plenty as always to talk about on that front. Uh we also, of course, have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday. And uh you know I think December's gonna be pretty divisive on Morgan Hasn't Seen, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean this is the last Well, this is the last main show episode of um of november before we get into our holiday movies in december And we're going a whole month of holiday movies for the main show in december and i'm very very excited about that um but you know december and morgan hasn't seen it won't be holiday movies but um i'm sure it'll be very very entertaining episodes because well you just have to see I suppose you will just have to see, but it will definitely be be, it, be it, just as silly as always on the silly show, as I like to call it. But Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. You can find this feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox and everywhere damn else. You can find your podcasts Or just on Twitter at It's A Wonderful One. You can find the It's A Wonderful Podcast Patreon. Patreon.com slash It's A Wonderful One. So many different fun things going on over on the Patreon. Go on there, find the tier that's right for you and support if you can. We would love you forever if you were to do such a thing and be as generous as that. I am on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the e in the because three is the magic number, or just on Instagram at the Purple Don Nolan. All your good stuff is at where?
1: Nolan Dean on YouTube, Nolan Dean two seven on Twitter, the light, uh, not the Life and times of Nolan Dean, just Nolan Dean writer. Yes. On Instagram, uh, you can also find me scrolling various game websites, hoping that a PS Five will become available to purchase.
0: It's probably not going to happen also, anytime soon, is it? That they've all sold out.
1: Yes, he, and to the people who bought two of them <laughs> just to sell one for double the price on eBay, you are fucking wankers, and I hate you all.
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, you knew people were going to do that. Of course, people were going to do that. People are greedy, Nolan. They need to watch Treasure Island to tell them that I greed is terrible. Fucking hate rich people. Tell them that greed is terrible. Yeah, there you go.
1: I hate rich people, unless you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> in which case get in touch.
0: <laughs> um, I'll leave no one's opinion on that to, to himself. But I will now take this time to say thank you for listening. Episode 136 of the main show. We're getting really big with the numbers, and I'm very, very happy about it. I will say goodbye. And thank you so much, because I love you all. And I will ask Nolan to do another pirate impression to see us out.
1: Yo-ho, me hearties, yo-ho.
0: That's Pirates of the Caribbean. That's the wrong damn pirate thing. God damn it, Nolan. (laughs) Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye. (laughs)